AI in Action is brought to you by Aulis International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Our host, Bar Kelly, brings you the leading minds in AI, sharing their story, their success, and their advice. Focusing on fast-tracking you to the top, AI in Action cuts through the hype to help you kickstart your data science career. To listen to the latest AI in Action podcast, head over to www.aldis.com forward slash podcast, or subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Podcasts. Welcome to the AI in Action podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kelly. Our guest today is Swami Chandra Sikran. Swami is the MD of AI Innovations and Enterprise Solutions at KPMG. Swami, very welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Mark. Swami, for those that don't know you, uh, please tell us a little bit about your background and some of the work that you've been involved in. You've worked for some really, really exciting companies such as IBM Watson, Ericsson, Webify, uh, and now most recently with KPMG. Tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, so I grew up in India and uh, I came to the United States uh, 21 years ago to do my master's in electrical engineering. And I started my career at Ericsson building mobile switching software. Uh, if you send an SMS, think about me. I, I had my uh, footprints uh, uh, of imprints on that. Then I uh, joined uh, what was KPMG back then and, uh, and then joined a startup after five years, which got acquired by IBM. So I spent 12 years at IBM doing different things, and out of which I, five years I spent at IBM Watson from the very early days. And uh, over the course of my career, I've built several products and solutions, worked with clients in 25-plus countries. Then at IBM, eventually I was appointed as uh, an IBM Distinguished Engineer, which is one of the highest technical honors uh, for my eminence and my work in uh, AI solutions and accelerators I did with Watson, obviously. Uh, currently, I work at KPMG. I uh, am new to the firm, but I drive the technology and the creation of uh, uh, AI solutions and other emerging technology offerings that we take to market with. So it'd be very, very interesting to speak about some of the stuff that you do in KPMG. But before that, I think all our listeners will well be aware of IBM and they'll think of IBM Watson, especially around uh, Jeopardy and all the incredible stuff that's happened in, in healthcare. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the low-hanging fruits when it comes to kind of applying predictive models across different areas, different um, sectors, and how they can really kind of have return on investment? Because... There's an awful lot of hype around AI, and you see day-to-day how, how small changes can bring big results. Could you maybe share some of your experience maybe in IBM in the past, and tell me sort of some, someone listening today how it can help their business? Yeah, so let's start with this. AI, including predictive analytics, advanced analytics, machine learning, deep learning, flavor of the month, whatever you want to call, they're, they're all best when you're trying to use it in the context of whether to disrupt an existing business process or improve an existing business process. So it's all about outcomes. So And they are uh, tools in a tool bag that help you kind of make drastic changes or disrupt uh, all those processes. So you need to be very clear about the types of questions that you're trying to seek answers for. So why do you want to implement predictive analytics? So as an example, if I'm a, uh, let's say, a, a manufacturing company and I have a lot of machines, um, and uh, I don't, I cannot afford to have a downtime when one of my machines go down. So I want to do proactive maintenance. So that's the problem, right? So I, how do I better improve my maintenance processes to reduce downtime? If that's the business problem, and then you go and try to find answers, you could say, okay, I'm going to oil my machines every day. It's very dumb and simple, right? But 
more than that, you could say, you know what, I'm going to start having sensors in my machines that will capture the key data. And from those sensors, I'm going to train models or predictive models that would uh, tell me ahead of time, probably weeks and days in advance, this machine might go down or might need maintenance. So if you think about the thread line of the thinking I had, it was starting with, I cannot afford to have downtime, so I have to improve my maintenance processes. Then we went about uh, applying predictive techniques to do um, uh, predictive uh, finding of the machine would go down, or you could also do like if a machine goes down, predicting what parts might be required to uh, to replace that or repair that, and ordering those parts ahead of time, or kind of saying, okay, this is the optimal schedule for putting your machines in a maintenance cycle because you may have a machine that is producing a lot of things and you, you cannot afford to take it down. Maybe you want to take it or extend it a little bit more uh, and, and then take it to a schedule for maintenance. So there are a lot of things around predictive maintenance or proactive maintenance just as a simple concept. And, and the reality is, and I think for our listeners, just to clarify, when some of these machines go down or they break, you could be losing millions every hour because of them not working. And if you right. can actually prevent that happening, the bottom line uh, impact of that is huge. And also, it's the case of if you get one or two percent efficiencies increase because you're noticing the temperature outside is impacting the machines, you could save hundreds of thousands every second because those machines are more, more efficient. And there, just, there isn't a possibility of a downtime because it's, it's almost like mission critical. You're right. I mean, to quote an example, I was working with a, uh, a company that man as a, in the textile industry, and they're spinning looms. Um, I was at their factory. If any one of them go down, um, it will cause disruption, obviously. But the the spinning fabric it was creating would basically have to be discarded, and a new spinning roll have to be done all the way from scratch. So you're talking about time lost inefficiencies but also material labor that yeah. goes and, and in some in some cases you could you could lose the the business profit for that year you could have redundancies those customer suppliers aren't, aren't going to get shipped so much in in that case as well have you got any other examples maybe in logistics or drug discovery where these things where kind of they're, they're they're preventing uh, or, or they're kind of noticing different diseases. I, I always think yeah. of IBM Watson and Toyota had drug discovery, for example, or uh, logistics or trucking. What, where else could a, could a novice hear an example and make it resonate with them? Yeah, so let's talk about drug discovery. Back in my time at IBM Watson, in the very early days, uh, we were trying to use uh, Watson for uh, augmenting or assisting drug researchers for the purposes of uh, um, finding new pathways in drugs, so drug repurposing. So if I have a drug, for example, um, uh, let's say uh, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, can I use that same drug for treating a different neurological condition because um, they may be affecting the same gene or protein? Now, easier said than done, I mean, human, human physiology is a fascinating thing. Um, so how do you find pathways um, between, very simple, I have a disease condition, I have a symptom, I have a gene. If you think about just those three actors for a second, pretty much most of the drug therapies today, I'm no doctor, but from what my understanding was, it is targeting a particular gene, suppressing a particular gene that may go out of control. So if I look cancer or carcinoma, 
IL-7 is one of those genes or proteins that are very commonly studied. So uh, with Watson, the idea was to ingest vast amount of literature about various uh, disease um, conditions, including cancer, including ALS, M uh, multiple sclerosis, and B whatnot, and try to see, and also based on drug research data, to see are there patterns that you see that is common between a protein and uh, and diseases, and is there a pathway, and there could be degrees of separation. So there were very interesting findings uh, that were found around uh, new treatment options, uh, new possibilities for uh, drug repurposing. But again, what AI or any of these technologies is going to do is it's going to let you see in the right direction. But after that, that's where the human intelligence tries to come over. It's more of augmentation. So it was trying to point the researchers and drug, uh, drug researchers in that direction to say, hey, look, why don't you go look at this particular gene that is used to treat cancer, but also has an effect on maybe multiple sclerosis on ALS. So that kind of ties into our next question, that we always have to be careful that AI isn't some silver bullet. It's the yeah. case of it allows you to go in a direction and through augmentation of different people who are experts, it allows you to make better decisions because you've got more of a uh, kind of a navigation system to, to use to, to use that um, as well. Just around the hype cycle, and you obviously IBM is kind of the poster boy for all the fantastic stuff that's happening out there. There's obviously still that kind of hype. Do you think the hype cycle's at the very start now? Do you think we're gonna hit all those different milestones that's gonna be hit within that? Or do you think we've got a way to go? I suppose it's a, it's a, it, you, maybe your, your mind might change day to day depending on how you're feeling on it. I, I think it's still hyped. Uh, I, I personally think it's getting better. Um, it was too overhyped in the, in, in, the, in the last year or couple of years, but it is getting to a manageable extent now. I think the hype is mainly because people don't have a grounded understanding of what AI is and what it can and cannot do. So the way I say it to many people is, uh, AI is, uh, is, is like a very intelligent brain. You still need arms and legs and probably like a pretty face to realize its potential. So that's one thing. Uh, second is, there's, um, I call this the Hollywood uh, Kool-Aid side effect. People watch too many of these Hollywood movies and they paint a vision or a future, right? They think they could all implement all of that with AI. And again, um, yes, you could potentially do it one day, but you've got to really understand what it is capable of today. And uh, and and you, you need other other adjacent technologies and capabilities to go along with it. You- and also things like um, data and governance are not thought through very well. Um, systems don't learn by themselves, not yet. You still need data, you need domain experts to teach the system. So all of them are contributing to the hype. It's, like I said, it's getting better. I hope once people get more and more of education. Yeah, because the more, the more I find out about it, it's a case of AI is really, really smart, but AI is really, really dumb. And it, 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 can be, uh, it, it can be really dependent on if you're actually trained it before and if you're really kind of setting it up for, for, for success. Just yeah. quickly, do you think there's three particular industries that are going to be impacted by AI more than others that you see that can be genuinely disrupted for a better customer experience as society? I, I, I'm, no, I'm no soothsayer, uh, nor can make predictions, but from my experience, um, I see AI is going to become prevalent in pretty much most of the industries. So if you take telco, uh, it is already done today, whether it is network performance optimization or when you buy a product, they try to cross-sell and upsell, and those have AI behind the scenes 
um, or uh, using social media to understand brand perception, brand signal. Or if you go to logistics uh, or shipping, you can do like uh, food security, threat prevention of goods. Um, so the point is there is there is going to be much much prevalence. So if I have to say where which industries are going to be, um, I would say um, augmented through AI. Wherever there is decision making, that will have to be done with vast amount of data. Or wherever there is decision making that is not happening because there is too much of data, um, I, there are ripe candidates for AI. So as an example, if you think about, uh, we talked about drug discovery, right? There is a lot of data out there, so we talked about that. If you look at uh, back office processes, like uh, I have to read through invoices and I have to read through contracts, and based on things from the contract, I have to do either reconciliation or other business processes. So today, uh, you've got a lot of those coming in. A lot of people are buying a lot of things. So a lot of these back office processes are going to get augmented through AI technologies yeah. and make them more efficient. One of the things that I've found so fantastic is the augmentation of applications for like healthcare I've seen, where you're making an application and the AI is noticing that you didn't attach the correct document or your statement that you're putting in isn't as detailed as what it needs to be. And 74% of people that usually make those applications will be rejected. So it guides you through the experience to say, you need to add more details, you need to attach this document, yeah. it's gonna be rejected, rather than you go through the whole process and then it gets rejected. So it's guiding you through the process, which is just such a better customer experience, it's more responsive. Uh, to yeah. do the sentiment analysis, obviously when you're looking at that and the signaling, you're allowing for a better perspective and you're allowing for more context for that customer experience and then it's easier to make the upsell. So when I'm going using my MasterCard, I'm getting hit with loads of uh, updates for, for my points because I'm traveling a lot. So then it's actually offering me different bonuses which are personalized to me, which is a really good way for the bank to send me relevant products uh, too. So you left IBM in a very senior position working on some great products and you, you've gone back to KPMG as a, a very, very serious uh, senior role as the MD of AI Innovation to Enterprise Solutions at KPMG. Tell me about some of the great work that you're doing now. I know you're not, you're not too long in the, in the new role, but obviously it's an exciting challenge for you. Yeah, yeah. KPMG is a, is a great firm. Um, what excited me to join them was around um, they do both. Um, they do a lot of tax and audit work. So internally, they transform by applying these emerging technologies. So VTower, like we discussed earlier, VTower on dog food. So uh, if you look at the type of projects um, I'm involved with, there are quite a few. Um, so all the way from um, the, the thing you just mentioned about um, intelligent assistance, right? If I'm if I'm submitting a bank loan. Or applying for a loan, how do I have an assistant that will guide me through the process? Yeah. Or an assistant that I can turn to every day to say, hey, I want to take my next five Fridays off, so go, can you go schedule personal time off in my HR system? Or I um, say, hey, I'm, I, I've lost my phone, could you order me a replacement phone uh, from, a, from a device replacement perspective? So these assistants are almost becoming on your desk um, through different technologies. Yeah. So I'm building, so I'm working on those kind of intelligent assistants more on the enterprise side. Uh, also working on how do you uh, infuse AI um, into back office automation or intelligent automation as we call them. There are, there are so many back office, uh, in some cases middle office processes at the enterprise level, whether it is contracts or invoices or whether it is reading entitlements and automating those kind of things. And, we, and then I'm, 
and you were also saying off air, and we thought it was quite funny, but it's so important because it's so true. You, you also eat your own dog food in terms of KPMG are actually applying AI day to day in terms of your own internal uh, sit, uh, situations and how you're actually processes and procedures, and that's having an impact. So it's one thing to actually do it to somebody else and have them as a guinea pig, yes. but to actually do it internally is the real acid test, right? Because you usually feel the scars when shit goes wrong. Yes, you're absolutely right. It's uh, no better way to get battle scars, right? Yeah. Um, and and take them and show them as the proof to the pudding. Say, hey, look, you've you've done this. We're doing this to ourselves, and the, and we are. In, we are very well suited to help you advise, right? So preach to the choir, meaning we, we, we practice what we preach. So um, so the, again, there are also other things around operationalizing or industrializing AI. Um, people today are more focused on how do I build a model, but there is more to it. Meaning after you deploy it, how do you detect bias? How do you continuously improve those AI models? So there's a lot to it that is that is yeah, coming, so. and, and that probably comes down to some of the challenges you have with deep learning and the black the, the black box and the context that you're putting in and also the the explaining it to the business users because sometimes it can be very difficult to explain that versus uh, maybe explaining a decision tree or a linear model which is a lot more straightforward to the business user so there's that kind of balance uh, to say well actually do we need these really Overcomplicated algorithms. Can we use something else that might get the same result and a lot cheaper? And won't we don't won't need a, a four different GPU units? You're right. So it is not only you're trying to be nice to your customers and explaining. In many cases, it's also becoming the law. So, for example, GDPR has introduced uh, uh, clauses where you have to explain to the user how you're using their data. Why did you come up with certain decisions? So. Explainable AI um, is going to become a pretty important topic in the coming years or months uh, where you have to tell, hey, why did you come up with this? I mean, if you had like a, a deep learning model that learns in layers, maybe you have 10 or 50 layers, you got to better explain which features you used and what criteria you used and what weights you used to in a mere models kind of way to explain yeah. that. Which I always laugh at my wife. It's like, you know, you apply for a bank loan and if you don't get it, uh, you, you know, you, you, won't, you might necessarily get an explanation about it because it's, it's so complex. It's like, well, that's not fair. It's like, well, that, that's the, the, the way it is. So it's just like, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things. So how can, Swami, how can people find out a little bit more about you and some of the great work that you do? You're obviously an author. You've done some great work about NLP, for example, and kind of enterprise integration around AI because, as we all know, the integration of AI and the legacy systems can be a bit of a challenge, to say the least, and you've written books about it. So how can people find out a little bit more about you and the great work KPMG are doing? Yeah, so um, uh, I speak at conferences. Some of them get in the public domain. I have a personal blog, nirvakana.com. Uh, I try to be very, uh, I'm very cognizant about making sure that my work is very impactful. So I only have like two blog entries, but they have been like wildly successful and well-received over the years. Um, so you can come and look at what I do there. And I'm on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Swami Chandra. So those are some of the ways you can understand and look at what I'm doing um, and get exposed to what I'm talking about. Swami Chandra Sikran, MD of AI Innovations Enterprise Solutions at KPMG. Thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you so much, Mark. Have a wonderful day. AI in Action is brought to you by Aldus International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Aldus offer an exec search program. Aldus can help you discover how data science and AI can transform your company. 
With our unrivaled network of C-suite executives and senior AI professionals, we offer retained search services across the US and Europe. For more information, contact mark at aldus.com. Get the Aldus Advantage. Become a member of the Aldus community and enjoy some of the following. AI meetups. Once a month, our community gathers to listen to some of the leading experts in the world of data science and AI. Our speakers come from all over the world, including Dublin, Boston, and Frankfurt. We also have our AI mentors. Our experts will provide mentoring to all us members. And don't forget our AI in Action podcast. Each week, we have guests from all over the world talking us through their education, career, and more. Become an Aldus member and get the Aldus advantage. For more information and to sign up for our newsletter, log on to www.aldus.com. That's www.aldus.com. Aldus International, empowering through AI.